Evolutionary.org presents the Underground Radio Podcast with your host, Hardcore Steve, the Monster, and Mobster, the UK Beast. Prepare for the show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Hit Evolutionary it. Underground episode 27. Today is going to be a very fun one. Today we're going to be doing Primo Bowling Info with Geneza Pharma. So let's talk a little bit about Primo Bowling's history. You know, primobolin is one of those anabolic steroids. Um, the pe- chemical name is methanolone. It's uh, during the 70s, definitely one of, if not the most popular anabolic steroid of that golden age. And um, look, at the end of the day, Arnold, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, used primobolin. Uh, that's what, that was his favorite steroid. Now, why do you think that Arnold and those guys in the 70s love Primo Bone so much because of the structure, the way it works in the body, the way it helps you prep for a contest, the way it doesn't give any type of aromatization or metabolization into estrogen within the body when you use it, where it doesn't make you bloated, watery, give you gyno, give you all that stuff. You got to remember in those days... They didn't have access to anti-estrogens. Today, we have access to every ancillary imaginable to combat estrogen. In those days, they did not. So if you were unlucky enough in those days to get gyno, what could you do? Uh, You know what I'm saying? And you had to have a very, very, very risky and high, highly expensive surgery to remove those glands. Now, even if you do need surgery, worst case scenario, my gosh, they can just you just go to a doctor. They can uh, basically numb your chest and do the surgery while you're awake. Back then, it wasn't the case. It was much more of a risky surgery. And you know, medical advancements have come a long way in the past fifty years, as you know. So basically, they love primobolin, and that was why. So back then, you could get legitimate primobolin, no problem. The problem is that since then, primobolin is going to be much harder to find. So today, you've got to basically be careful where you get your primobolin because that's faked a lot. And once the price started to skyrocket, once it became harder to get a hold of, that's when sources started to cheat. And that's when sources started to produce what they said was Prima Bowl and that wasn't Prima Bowl. And so they didn't have that issue, though, in the golden age because they could go and buy legitimate Prima Bowl and no, no problem. So we're going to get into that. We're going to get into how to use Prima Bowl and the side effects, the dosing, how to stack it, how to run it. And we're also going to talk about Geneza Pharmaceutical, why the GP brand of Prima Bowl is going to be a wise choice for you so you can get legitimate Prima Bowl. Mobster, you grew up in those days. Uh, we like to give give Mobster a little bit of a hard time about his age. But he, you know, Mobster in those days, guys love Prima Bowling and they absolutely used it for bodybuilding. Talk a little bit about the golden age a little more. I think there's an issue of availability here, Steve, because like you said, they could go, and I, we've talked about this on other shows, they could go to uh, local doctors and indeed as we've mentioned on previous podcasts, there was a specific doctor that the guys from Gold's Gym back in the mid-70s could go to and uh, visit and, you know, get prescriptions from. And in fact, I've even talked about the fact that, you know, medical doctors can be fans of bodybuilding. And so, you know, one of the great advantages of having your name in the magazine is that people like that would like to help a pro uh, kick ass and take names and win competitions. You know, if they were a big fan, they would sort you out. And of course... The guys then were all training together, eating together, etc. So those 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 names, those sources, etc., got shared around. I think there's the other issue, which is I've touched on just now, which is availability. And what do I mean by that? Because we're talking about going to a doctor. Well, they didn't have a great long list, as Steve said, just on the ancillaries. They didn't have accessibility as we do now to multiple brands, multiple uh, different kinds of steroids. I've touched upon the history of steroids, Steve, when I said, in essence, there's over a hundred anabolic steroids that could be used by bodybuilders. In reality, there's 15 or 20 they get used on a regular basis. And most of those are variations on esters as well as different names, different kinds of steroids. 
uh, as opposed to the other, say, 80 or so that never made it because, you know, that they had side effects or other products did a better job than they did. Right. So back in the 70s, you're talking about a much smaller list. You know, if we if we say what was the kind of cycle that was common then, uh, you're talking about D-Bowl, Steve. Anavar came along like later. For example, Winstrol might have been common or was certainly used then, but was equipoise and so on and so forth. So there's availability there. Something else was interesting, and I want to ask you what your thoughts on that are as well. We're going to talk about dosing and cycling and stacking later on, but the dosing in at those times would be a lot less. And indeed, uh, we're going to talk about two particular products. The second product is 200 grams sorry, 200 milligrams a milliliter. I think, Steve, back in the day, that was a weekly dose. It wasn't per injection. It wasn't one, two, three times a week or whatever frequency that we're going to touch upon. It would be the weekly amount in total, 200 milligrams. So there, there's definitely a, 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 an aspect to how they were using it then versus how we use it now. And of course, as we, as we do this podcast, we talk about accessibility, we talk about knowledge, we talk about application. So, for example, you do have a handful, Steve, in the 70s of super hard physiques, but I mean a handful. So definitely better, more aesthetic, certainly not as bigger and bulked out, et cetera, as that we sometimes see on the Olympia stage, but smaller waist. Uh, and 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 a slightly but not necessarily completely smoother appearance overall. And I'm talking about for the majority, say top 20, top 30 bodybuilders in the world at that time. So you wouldn't you wouldn't you Yeah, and absolutely, Mobster. You, you saw the difference in the physiques of the transition from the 70s to the 80s. And, you know, let's be clear on this podcast. If you're someone out there, you're looking to blow up, you're looking to get an explosive strength in the gym, then as Mobster said, Prima Bone is not for you. Because as Mobster said, it's more an aesthetic steroid, low side effects and mild. So we're going to get into more of that in a second. I want to kind of touch on that. But here, let me just explain what happened in bodybuilding between the 70s and the 80s. So Arnold in the 70s was kicking ass. You had Frank Zane, who was big in those days. Those guys, they, I mean, what? They were like 215, 200 pound area. Samir Banu, 1983, wins the Mr. Olympia. What does he weigh, mobster? He weighs nothing, 200 pounds. Uh, before that, Chris Dickerson won the Olympia. What did he weigh? 195 pounds, you know, five foot six, little guys. Little guys, Franco Colombo, another little guy, five foot five, 195 pounds. And then you had Arnold before that, and then you had Frank Zane. I mean, it's it's crazy. So you got to remember what happened in bodybuilding and the changes that occurred in bodybuilding. You go from Samir Banu in 1983 being 195 pounds to a Lee Haney. And Lee Haney won Mr. Olympia year after year after year from 84 to 91. And he was in the mid-200s. So we had these bigger physiques. And after that, who'd you have, Mobster? You had Lee, uh, Dorian Yates. And Dorian Yates was the Mr. Olympia champion from 92 to 97. What did he weigh? In the offseason, he was darn near close to 300 pounds, for crying out loud. You know, he's your he's your uh, cousin over there from England, mobster. So these are guys are huge. And then you had Ronnie Coleman after him. And Ronnie Coleman was from 98 to 2005. The guy was over 300, you know, and then you have Jay Cutler after him. The guy was huge, five foot nine, five foot eight on a good day, 290 in the offseason. So you have these huge physiques. They weren't getting those huge physiques on Primo Bowling, guys. They weren't. But the guys in the 70s and the early 80s were. It was more aesthetic. So again, Prima Bolin has a specific reasoning. It's not going to give you that huge size, but that's not what it was all about in those days. So things have changed a lot when it comes to Prima Bolin and what guys are using today. Today, if you contest, we've seen the autopsies where they, they tested what guys were in their system. You've got Trend, you've got Equipoise, you know, um, these are, you got Winstrol, you got Masteron. These are what the guys are using today to compete even in the 
more physique com competitions, not even counting open bodybuilding. But back then, and even in open bodybuilding, Mr. Olympia, open bodybuilding, winner, they were on Primo Bolin. So we're going to get into why they were using Primo Bolin. And that is the physique most of you may want to go after. Um, you can ask your girlfriend right now and pull up one of these bodybuilders. You can pull up a bodybuilder from the 70s, pull up the Arnold physique, the Samir Banut physique, the Franco Colombo physique. Show them that and then show them the physiques of today who are winning Mr. Olympia. Show them the big Ramis, the Hadi Chupun of, of today who are winning Mr. Olympias. And compare them and say whose body looks better. And they're going to look at big Ramis picture and be like, oh my God, he looks like an alien. Is that even real? And he's gonna, they're gonna look at Samir Banut or Arnold of the of the 70s physique or the Frank Zane physique, and they're like, yeah, yeah, that looks good. I wouldn't mind. Hey, I wouldn't mind if you look like that. You see? So it's different. So you're gonna compare a, a, a nice golden age bodybuilder to a monster of today. And that's how it is. And Prima Bowling, that's you're comparing Prima Bowling to Tran and Equipoise and Winstrel and Master on all these steroids. It's a damn chemical warfare. So touch on that monster. And then we're going to get more into talking about the Prima Bowling profile. Yeah, I was thinking just as, as you were talking, Steve, and I looked at the medical use, which we will touch upon, guys. So where does it, where's the best use of it now in this day and age of the accessibility that we have to other drugs uh, versus, say, the 70s? So two things occur to me, Steve. Number one, it's still used in competition diets, and it's mostly about retaining the muscle that you've worked hard all season for, all the off-season especially, working your way up to the competition, and now you're dieting super hard, super crazy, trying to get into shape, et cetera, et cetera. So Primo works now at retaining the hard muscle that you've worked for, Steve, versus the superhuman freaky 300-pounders, 290-pounders that Steve's just referred to. So there's that. Something else, Steve, and if I was, if I was a, a competing bodybuilder, uh, I would probably, just for my sheer size, et cetera, et cetera, right now, compete in the open. I, perhaps back in the day when I first started, might, could, I could argue that I might have had a classic physique when I started, certainly not anymore. So now I could see classic physique competitors. And why is that? For the, first, for the reason I just cited, which is the retention of muscle while you're dieting. And, of course, they have a height-weight a ratio that they have to equal and the other one steve is of course but some of the classic physique competitors literally look like the bodybuilders of the 70s that's where the inspiration for that class came from so arguably steve in that particular regards we're not completely disregarding all the other drugs that are available because they're still out there and there's nothing to stop a classic and be competitor using trend for example which would be the, the super duper drug that we say all open class competitors almost certainly are using and certainly have access to. But I can see that the classic competitors should be certainly trying, as part of their regime, a uh, Prima Bowling from Geneza just to see if it works well for them and allows them to have that classic physique, but specifically in competition, and this applies to all bodybuilders, the retention of your hard-earned gains. So this is not big one that's going to add size for you. You're not going to blow up. You're not going to have that, as Steve said, uh, Rami look type physique. They kind of freak upon freaks. But certainly you're dieting down. It's super hard to hold on to muscle. Uh, you can lose a lot of muscle as well as fat and, and carbs, et cetera, et cetera, getting into shape. And Primo still has that sort of advantage there, Steve. Back to you. Let's talk a little bit about why Primo works the way it does and why guys in the Golden Age loved it. So look, bottom line, it's a weak steroid, but they needed that in those days. They could not afford the side effects like we do today. They didn't have access to ancillaries, as I said. They didn't have access to you can go and order blood work online and, and go get tested and know what the blood work meant. They didn't know they didn't know about that stuff. They didn't know back then how steroids affected you. Now, Arnold was really smart. Frank Zane was really smart. These guys, some of these guys were really, really smart in those days. And they knew some of these inside secrets. They knew if you ran too much D-Bowl with your Prima Bowling, you'd get uh, uh, water retention, you'd get gyno, you'd have estrogen problems. They kind of knew this. You know, they kept it to themselves. You didn't have forums where you could go and, and match notes with and do logs and read logs and all this stuff like we do today. 
where we can share information. And back then it was more secretive. It's almost like endurance sports. If you, you, you know, you talk to endurance guys, endurance guys are always hush hush when it comes to what they're doing. They don't want to tell their competitors what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, it's a little competitiveness there. Um, now we're a lot more open about what we do because most of us who use anabolic steroids today, mobster, we are not competing. So I'm going to share what I know. Mobster's going to share what he knows. We don't have to worry about you hurting my wallet in the process. Go ahead, mobster. Yeah. So here's one of those, not many people know this, Steve. You're quite correct when you're talking about the 70s bodybuilders sharing information. And I've just recalled, as you were talking, seeing a lion in one of the books I've got upstairs. I've actually mentioned this book before, guys, Muscle Smoke and Mirrors by Randy Roach. So there's a reference there, probably just a paragraph, Steve, and I've just double-checked while you were talking to make sure I knew what I was talking about. John Balick, who I believe still owns and publishes Iron Man magazine, the modern version, published a very... Very few people know about it. It's super rare if you can get an actual copy. And I haven't got one, Steve, but you can get an ebook version of it. And he actually published a book in the late 70s and early 80s on steroids. And I think he only did like a thousand hard copies of this. So super, super rare. Now, when we're talking about sharing information, 100%. And I can imagine, Steve, that if you was in California, you was a competing bodybuilder, I bet them bitches got a copy of this and shared that around photostatic Xerox as whatever it was back in the day and uh, sent, sent each other copies of this and much discussed over copies and, you know, breakfast at the Nearness Cafe to uh, Gold's Gym, et cetera, et cetera. So that's definitely an insider. Very few people. Later on with Bill Phillips and Muscle Media and other magazines started doing articles on, on steroids openly, not just naively as they did in the 60s and 70s, but openly discussing steroid use. It's one of those insider things that very few people will have seen. I certainly hadn't heard of it then, and it was around then, as Steve says, uh, although I came into uh, bodybuilding and weightlifting, etc. in the 80s, and I hit the age of 15. I might have been around then, Steve, but I wasn't into the sport then. So I, I didn't hear about it until literally recently, and this, this book will be 30 or 40 years old. So there was some, but very, very little information there. It was 100% shared with your buddies, and so on and so forth. It's a little bit, and I'll use this analogy, Steve, when we sometimes have people coming onto the forums and say, oh, my, my steroid source said this, my steroids dealer, and I hate that word, said that. And, and again, you and I would say, you know, a dealer selling you information is really not the way you should get your information. Accessibility to information, like this podcast now, is a thousand times better. When I'm saying in the whole world, Steve, there were, I, as far as I know, just this book until Dan Duquesne and other people came along and started talking about it in a completely open way. So that is a thousand copies of a book in the mid seventies in the whole world. And I believe one of the very, very first ones that was discussing steroid use for bodybuilders back in the day, back to you. All right. So let's talk about the Prima Bolin. So anabolic and regeneration ratings are low for Prima Bolin, One of the weakest steroids on paper. Um, Look, at the end of the day, it's a dihydrotestosterone, DHT, derivative. Um, it's good for fat loss. A lot of guys like to use it. They eat in a caloric deficit, et cetera, et cetera. Just, you know, the cookie cutter stuff, guys. I mean, you take Primo. It doesn't, it doesn't mess around with your appetite. You can eat in a deficit. You can hold your muscle, lose the fat, you know, same stuff. Um, doesn't aromatize. We talked about that. You don't need an aromatized inhibitor with it. Now, if you're running a ton of testosterone, you may, you probably will actually, even though it does help with combating testosterone, not as well as Masteron will, but it will to some extent. So if you're running 200 milligrams of testosterone, you're probably not going to need an AI if you're running 500 milligrams of Primo. But if you drop the Primo and you're running 200 milligrams of testosterone or 250 milligrams of testosterone, you probably will need a light AI. Um, to combat the the combat to combat the excess estrogen that you're getting. So um, now back in the day with Primobolin, I get the feeling, okay, a lot of guys would use the Primobolin as their anti-estrogen. So in other words, if they start getting gynecomastia issues, 
they kind of learn, hey, I'm going to just jack up the Prima Bowl in those. I'll run 500 or 1,000 or 1,500 milligrams a week of Prima Bowl in to cut down on that estrogen. And it worked for them. Did they understand why it worked? No, I don't think they did. Now, some of the really, really smart guys in those days did understand how it worked, but most guys did not, but they just knew it worked. So that's what I, that's why they would do it like that. Um, and look, at the end of the day, in the medical field, it's been proven to reduce breast tumors in women, um, which is estrogen related. Now, of course, they've come up with better drugs today to combat that type of issue. And we know that things like Novodex are used in postmenopausal women to keep their estrogen at bay so they don't get a rebirth of breast cancer as they get older. So women, they'll get put on Novodex for five years after uh, breast cancer, um, and that will help them prevent the estrogen rebound. Of course, Novodex has much lower side effects than Primobol will, and it's hell of a lot cheaper as well. So obviously, we've come uh, much further when it comes to uh, stuff like this in the medical field. So obviously, Primobolin is not being prescribed anymore by doctors for any medical uh, reason. Now, here's how Primobolin specifically helps you build muscle, even in a caloric deficit, um, increases nitrogen, nitrogen retention, and that's going to help uh, reverse any type of catabolism that you can get. Uh, so even if you eat in a caloric deficit, you could still gain a little strength and gain a little muscle in the process you know, which kind of flies in the face of what people perceive out there. And, um, you know, we've talked about this on the forums a lot where I say even in a caloric deficit, yes, you still can gain muscle. All right. You got to remember muscle and fat are not the same thing. They're completely different. So if you're burning fat, you can gain muscle. It's called recomping. Guys have been doing it for a long time. Um, look, at the end of the day, that's why it's so good for aesthetics. That's why that it's so good to use in cutting cycles. That's why that you can you can get more lean muscle mass on it, but you're not going to blow up. There's a difference between lean muscle mass and large muscle mass. Again, pull up what the bodybuilders of the 70s look like versus what the bodybuilders of today look like. Completely different thing. We're talking about they are 50% bigger today than they were in those days, literally. Samir Banu, 190 pounds. And then bodybuilders of today are like 320, 330 in the off season. They're like almost mobster. They're like 50 to 100% bigger. They're almost double the fucking size of the yeah. way they were in those days. Go ahead. Yeah, so here's something that, and, and listen, we do this podcast and we love these steroid discussions uh, on the forums and there's a lot of back and forth, but I have to sometimes remind people, and this is specifically applies to what Steve was just talking about. Guys, if you want to talk about Primo and what Primo does and what this steroid does and what that story does, you're forgetting, and it's not part of the sort of calculation when you're discussing these things, the simple fact that is that you spent the off-season getting as huge as you possibly could, adding tons and tons of muscle. You And I talk about this all the time, Steve, when guys suddenly start to tidy their diets up, and for example, just increase the protein a little bit uh, and, you know, to, to retain the hard-earned muscle that they've worked on. And of course, as we've discussed already, you might well be taking, because I can't see any modern bodybuilder just taking Primo. And then finally, of course, you're still fucking hitting the weights. And here's the thing, and I said this before, Steve, guys talk about certain things. It's a lovely discussion, Steve, but they talk about things in isolation. And in reality, especially when it comes to Primo, if, for example, you're following my earlier suggestion and you're a classic physique competitor, you're still going to be training your ass off. So in fact, the typical amateur forgets the simple fact that they will almost certainly up their training at the intensity alone. I'm competing now. I've got to train my hardest. So here's the thing again. In terms of the, the pretty much, and as you said, I think there's an article that we're going to associate with this podcast, guys, which says, that the idea that Primo will grow muscle specifically in a competition cycle, competition stack, competition prep is debatable. I will say that's true because you're training that much harder, because your focus has become like a laser beam, because you've tidied your diet up. There's no more junk food. And lo and behold, the better diet, the better training, that laser focus intensity is going to keep as much muscle on you as possible. And the Primo is going to help you with that. 
So again, it's one of those things sometimes taken in isolation. We think, oh, it does this, or this drug does that, which is true, but you have to take those other things into account as well, Steve. And that's that's just the case. How many competing bodybuilders what might swap, train themselves, compete without a prep coach, Steve, and then they get themselves a proper training coach and a proper prep coach, and prep coaches typically do the diet and the PEDs, and lo and behold, they improve. Well, what's the difference? There's no one's raved the magic wand. It's just that their training's gone through the roof. The person is pushing them super hard in the gym. They're getting prepped meals sent to them. And the PED, the prep coach, whatever else, who knows what it's about bringing a person into competition is using all those little bits and pieces. But reality is that your training has gone super hard and your food is super tidy. We do this, guys, logs on the forum all the time, correcting people's little mistakes in their logs and see improvements. And that's just in the diet, Steve, never mind the training. So keep that part of it. Primo in and of itself is not something that's going to make you 300 pounds. Training your goddamn ass off and, and, and whatever else, and then using Primo is going to help you to retain the maximum amount of muscle you possibly can. And again, it's the difference between being a bodybuilder in the 70s and the bodybuilders now, because again, we're not talking about a drug in isolation. No one's doing Primo on its own, Steve. So there's other aspects too. And you need to keep that in your mind when you're when we're discussing Primo. Back to you. Just getting a little bit about the side effects. So side effects, look, I've used Primo. I've used it 500, 600 milligrams a week. The side effects are barely anything. You don't, you don't even feel that you're on anything. You get really slow results on it. So it's not something that's androgenic that you take and like, boom, after like a week or two, you're automatically like benching 25 pounds more. It's not like that at all. In fact, I didn't notice very much strength improvements at all. Very, very little. Okay. And I was running it with a little bit of testosterone as well. So I was getting a really good sense of when I was using Primobolin, running it a couple times, what kind of effects it was giving me. But aesthetics, like my girlfriend at the time said, you're not bigger, but you're more cut. That's how she described my physique. She said, you're definitely more cut. When you flex, I see the more of the muscle. I see the more hardness to your muscle. I didn't feel elbow, you know, joint pain like I usually do if I'm doing curls or something or if I'm, you know, doing some, some type of lifts that involve my elbows and usually on things like T-ball or Anibal or Winstrel for sure, I would get a little bit of elbow. I'd feel the elbow dryness to me. I wasn't getting that on Primo, even though it's a DHT derivative as those are. So side effects are very little on Primo. Ball. You're not going to get very much side effects. You're not going to get very much effects. So a lot of people say, you know what? The price doesn't justify what I gain. And that's fine. That's an opinion. We're not going to argue. I I've seen people on the forums argue over the years about how wonderful Primobolin is. And I've seen people argue on the forums over the years, why am I going to use Primobolin when I can use Trend, which is cheaper, and get 10-pound gain and gain 50 pounds on my bench press when Primobolin doesn't even give me a third of that? And that's a valid argument, guys. So it just depends on what you're after. And there's no right or wrong to it. When it comes to this, some people want to run a cycle and not feel any side effects. Some people want to run a cycle and say, you know what, on Primo Bowling, you don't get hungry on Primo Bowling. You don't wake up in the middle of the night with the, the shakes. You don't wake up middle of the night from the insomnia from Primo Bowling. You don't wake, you don't get carb cravings. You don't get the, the blood sugar, you know, up and down like you do on these other more androgenic steroids. You don't get the water retention, the bloat. You don't get the high blood pressure. You don't get the crazy changes to your cholesterol on Primobolin. So you're getting way less side effects. There's a method to the madness of using Primo. And look, at the end of the day, if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I've never used Primobolin before, but I'm curious, then I would suggest you go to Geneza Pharmaceutical, the GP brand, and you grab a cycle of Primobolin and you try it out yourself and you decide if it's right for you. You decide how you like it. You may be like, man, I really like this stuff. I can go to the gym and bodybuild. I can do high repetitions and not walk out of the gym crippled from the pumps 
that I get on other steroids because that's what happens with other steroids. Primobolin doesn't give you those crippling pumps when you use Primobolin. You see? So it's going, it's a good pure bodybuilding steroid where you can go to the gym, get in a workout, come home, eat your meal, go to sleep, rinse and repeat. It's not something that's going to run your life. If you run trend, trend takes over your life. You see, trend, uh, trend will affect how you eat, what you eat, when you eat, sleep. It's going to mess with your sleep. It's going to mess with your sex drive. It's going to make you want to cheat on your partner. It's going to make you want to, you know, go do some really, really crazy things sexually. It's going to mess with your libido. It's going to do a lot of stuff. It's going to mess with your head. It's going to make you want to get out of your car and beat the shit out of the guy who honks at you in traffic or flicks you off in traffic. Primo doesn't do that. So for a lot of you, I highly suggest if you run a lot of these harsher steroids, switch back to Primo Bowling for a little while and see, see the difference. Or if you've never used anabolic steroids before, Primo Bowling might be a good option for a second or third cycle, or even a first cycle might be a good option for you because of the low side effects. So it's one of those steroids, it doesn't mess with you. It doesn't mess with your head and doesn't mess with you physically. So that's how I would sum it up when it comes to side effects. Definitely big difference than these other steroids. You run 500 milligrams of testosterone monster with no AI. You're going to get a lot of estrogen related side effects. Yeah. yeah. When you run Primobolin at 500 milligrams, you're not going to get any. None. So you see there's a big difference. You're not going to get the androgenic side effects that you would with trenbolone or high doses of testosterone or some of these other steroids. You're not going to get the joint problems that you get with other DHT derivatives. You're not going to lose your head hair like you would on Winstrol, for example. You see, it's different. It's less side effects than these other steroids, just the way it's structured. So this is why a lot of guys like to run Primobolin because they don't want side effects. So they'll run the Primobolin and get very, very little side effects across the board, but nothing compared to this in these other steroids. So if that's what you're after, you'll like using Primobolin. Go ahead, Master. Yeah, I was going to say there are some, Steve, but they're definitely less, as Steve says, than, for example, Tread, which would be on, on another level with the cars of side effects. Something else which occurs to me, Steve, as you were talking, and, and again, it's one of those you need to have this kind of reference at the back of your mind. Say, for example, that you and I, or for example, someone else, uh, let me get a, a young bodybuilder, 24, 25, 26 years of age, who is exomorphic versus myself, who probably arguably now, Steve, mesoecto. If I'm not careful, I can end up. <laughs> but that, nevertheless, it would be the difference between him weighing, say, 150, 160 pounds, at six foot three inches tall, and myself weighing over 300 pounds, as I am now, at six foot three inches tall. So, we could both have a discussion about prima bowling, but the effects on our physique would differ. So this is something that I say people should take into consideration again. Now, generally speaking, when we talk about the side effects, when we talk about the pluses and minuses, whatever else, we're talking about the average user. But just to give you an example, and I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, I've, I've discussed testosterone in amphate, and I've said, does nothing for me, nothing. And yet my buddies, all strength athletes at that particular time. I don't think we had a bodybuilder amongst us. We'd, we'd got a bunch of steroids, specifically testosterone and amphate. They all loved it. I felt nothing on it. And yet physically, there wouldn't have been a huge difference between all of us around six foot two or more, all lifting heavy weights, all training for strength, them all liking it, me saying I didn't think it was one thing or another. I didn't feel extra strong on it. I didn't, didn't change my libido, nothing. And yet they loved it. And discussed it at, at, at length between them saying how great it was, etc. So Primo could fall into that classification as well. If it's a person, as for example, as I suggested earlier, training for a classic physique versus an open competitor, the open competitor is not going to rate it. If it's someone training for strength, they're not going to rate it. If it's someone who's 300 pounds versus someone who's 150, 160 pounds, there's going to be a difference of opinion. Yeah. Now this is one of those little recommendations which we've given before when we talk about I don't like the guys cherry-picking drugs, Steve, like A, B, C, D, and working their way down the list. But at the same time, it is as useful, especially if you're competing, guys. This is one of those particular tips. You need to know what works for you and your physique. Now, you can have a prep coach that comes in, 
that's worked with a lot of athletes and he'll say, listen, you know, if I've worked with 500 athletes, Primo was great for, you know, 400. Therefore, I can suggest that Primo is probably going to be good for you. But what if it isn't? What if you're one of the 100? So, again, it's one of, in my mind, Steve, especially for competing physique competitors, whether that's open classic or whatever, you need to know what works for you. Do you get issues with water retention? Do you have issues with your hair? Is it one of those things that's going to mess with your mind when you're going into a competition? How many times have we discussed this in regards to trend, Steve, and people have had literally to come off or half or quarter of the dose because they've gone in at a recommended dose and it's fucked them up. It's done exactly what Steve said. Cutting back the dose, lowers the side effects, makes it easier to manage, and they just realise that they're never going to be one of those people that runs a 1,000 milligrams a week. Primo is, for the most part, arguably so mild that I would say the difference between that and trend is, is night and day, Steve. So, again, it's one of those ones when we talk about these things, you're talking about the majority of users responding in the way that we discussed, but there will be some differences for the odd one or two of you, whether it's how you've injected it, the dosing that you'll use, bad training, bad diet, or literally that you don't get anything from it and it hasn't worked how you thought it was going to work. That doesn't mean to say that necessarily a company has provided you with a bad product. It's just been that you don't get a, as good a kick out of it as possible. Like I said, Steve, I'm using exactly the same product back in the day as the other guys and, and pretty much felt nothing. And yet I had my favorites, which I've discussed multiple times on the forum, and, and those worked for me every single time. So why would I try something that doesn't work for me because everybody else loves it versus something else? I could see me, for example, Steve, especially when I first started training, had I competed then, I think Primo would have been great for me back in the day. Primo for me now, only in retaining muscle when I'm on a cut or as part of a stack with other drugs, which again, we're going to get into. Back to you. So let's get into how to stack it. Now, first off, with Primo Ball now, this is one of the misconceptions of Primo Ball. A lot of people say, well, you got to run Primo Ball at least 15 weeks, at least 16 weeks, at least 20 weeks, et cetera, et cetera. Look, there's, you don't have to, all right? But look, at the end of the day, Primo Bowling, you go to Geneza Pharma, you check out the Primo Bowling they have, all right? They've got the Enanthate. It's the Enanthate ester attached to it. That is a long ester. It's got a 10, 11-day half-life, okay? So you're going to have to run it a little longer than, than other steroids that have shorter esters. So let's say 10, let's make it easy and say a 10-day half-life. So it's going to take 50 days if you're if you're injecting it on a normal schedule, which is once or twice a week, which is where you should be injecting any enanthate ester. Um, it's going to take about 50 days to reach peak in your system, right? So so 50 days is about five to six weeks. So if you're running it, it's going to take five or six weeks to reach peak in your system. So to run it for just six weeks would be a waste. Because you're never going to experience any peak. So I would go at least 10 weeks on it. 10 to 12 weeks would be most ideal. Now, a lot of guys say, again, 16, you got to go 16 or 20 weeks. I don't agree with that because Rome isn't built in a day. Okay. You've got to think about your recovery. One of the things that Primo Bowling will do is it will shut you down. And, you know, all, all anabolic steroids shut you down. Right. And um, so, you got to remember, if you shut down your HPTA for a long period of time, let's say you go 20 weeks on Primo, you know, you got to add in the ester to that. So that's another, uh, it's going to be in your system five, six weeks more. So you're talking about 26 weeks being shut down. That's half the year that you're shut down. That's six months out of the year you're shut down. So it's going to take you that long off to recover your HPTA. If you don't allow your HPTA that another six months to come back, you're going to fry it. After a few cycles, your HPTA is going to be fried. You're going to come on the form and you're going to cry about it and say, oh my God, my HPTA is fried. My testosterone levels are 100, which is what it is for an 80-year-old man. What is going on? I'm only 30 years old. Well, congratulations, you fried your HPTA. Don't come crying back to us because I'm telling you, you should only run a cycle 10 to 12 weeks maximum if you want to conserve your HPTA. So that's what you want to do with Prima Bowling. 12 weeks would probably be the most ideal. 10 weeks would be would be fine. But anything less than 10 weeks, I think, is a waste. Um, and, you know, look, the science says it's a waste as well. So I would go at least 10, 10, 10, 10 weeks to 12 weeks would be most ideal. Anything more, now you're running into the HBTA issues. Now, dosing. 
Look, 400 to 600 milligrams is a moderate dose of primobolin. Anything less than 400 milligrams a week, in my opinion, is a waste. Okay? You're not going to get the full benefits of primobolin running it at 200 milligrams a week. It's just not going to be. There's going to be no point. So you want to run at least 400. I think ideally 500 to 600 would be most ideal. Some guys are running 800 or 1,000. They're like, oh, I'm trying to push the gas a little bit. I don't, I don't agree with that because you're, again, you're not allowing it to build up in your system to reach peak levels. You got to allow it to build up in your system. You can't be like, well, I'm just going to run a thousand milligrams and, and front load it. It's not going to make a difference if you front load it because it's still going to take five or six weeks to reach peak, whether you front load it or not. So what guys do and mobster, he's not a big fan of doing this, but this is what guys do is they'll kickstart something. And guys in the 70s, they would use Dianabol with Primabol. And why? Why Dianabol? Because Dianabol is a nice, wet, androgenic compound that will give the cycle a little kick. The other option, you could stack some testosterone with it. Now, how much Dianabol? You know, guys in those days, they'd run a handful of Dianabol. Two, three, four Dianabols. Each one's 10 milligrams. So they'd run anywhere from 20 to 40 milligrams a day of Dianabol. But if you run too much Dianabol, now you're going to get more water retention than you would like. So you want to factor that in. You want to you adjust it from there. You don't want to end up having to need an AI on top of things. We want to, we want to kind of, we want to kind of, you know, avoid running things to cover up other things as much as we can. But if you do need an AI, you should run an AI if you're going to run Dianabol and it's going to cause gyno issues with you. You should run an AI. You should always have an AI in hand regardless. Another option is some testosterone with the Primobolin. And what you could do with the Primobolin, you could run like five or 600 milligrams a week of Primobolin and then stack in say 200 or 250 milligrams a week of testosterone. And you shouldn't need an AI if you do that. But you should always keep an AI in hand just in case. So you can run test E, go to Geneza's website, get testosterone enantate, and now you're using the Primobol and Enantate. You can mix them together in the same syringe. A lot of guys, question they want to ask that. They're like, can, you, can I mix the oils? Absolutely, you can mix the oils. Absolutely, mobster. And it, the good thing about mixing the oils is that it cuts down on post-injection pain. Because Primobolin yeah. historically has always had post-injection pain. I know when I used it, it caused post-injection pain. So by cutting it with another oil, it will lessen the post-injection pain quite a bit. But Geneza Pharma, they do a really good job with their Prima Bowling of developing it in a way where it doesn't come with as much post-injection pain as other uh, Prima Bowling brands out there. So Mobster touched on that a bit. And then I want to kind of get into, um, you know, what about Geneza Pharma. We talked a little bit about Geneza Pharma and how often that Prima Bowling is fake. Another option too, though, before I turn it over to you, Mobster, is you can stack primobolin with something harsh. So you're you got the primobolin as something mild, and you stack it with something harsh. Trend, for example, I've done that before, and a lot of guys they want to stack trend with something very mild, but that's going to still give you some effects in the body. So it might not be a bad idea to run, let's say, three hundred milligrams of trend a week. And then stack in 500 milligrams of Primo gives you a nice yin and yang, a very androgenic site, uh, compound such as Trend and a very non-androgenic compound such as Primo and a nice little mix. So really at the end of the day, what I'm trying to get at is it's really good to stack Primo with something that is kind of the opposite of it at a, at, you know, at a lower dosage. This way you get that yin and yang effect, you see? rather than stack Primo with another DHT derivative or another dry compound or another mild compound. It makes a lot of sense to stack it with something androgenic in most situations if you're looking for pure bodybuilding. Now, if you're looking for pure aesthetics, Mobster, Anovar. You could do Anovar and Primo together. You wouldn't get any androgenic effects to the cycle. So don't expect very much boost in aggression and strength and all that stuff but you would get a nice aesthetic cycle. So you could do 50 milligrams a day of the Anabar and 500 milligrams a week of the Primo. That would be interesting stack. And then you could go ahead and stack and put in some testosterone with it, maybe 100 or 200 milligrams of testosterone a week. 
So, so many different ways to stack Primo guy, uh, Primo Mullen guys. Really, really, so many different ways. So, I'll to touch on that a bit, and then we'll and then touch on uh, Genesis Forma a little bit after. Right. So it occurs to me that we've discussed the idea of Primo Bowling competing, whether that's back in the day or now. I would also offer the idea that the vast majority of our listeners, Steve, are going to be training for themselves, for, for a bulk, for a cup, for whatever, looking good for the beach. And that might be a specific date, but generally speaking, they're not, just as an average, not going to be competing. So it's well worth mentioning that. So, for example, and you referenced it earlier, the reason why I don't see the the the, 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 the logic for most users using the Kickstarter, I get it. Okay, you're waiting for a product, Primo in this example, to build up on your system to saturation levels to a level where you start to see the effects of it working. And it could be Primo, it could be something else. How many of you are competing? How many of you need the testosterone boost or the Primo boost to get to certain levels as quickly as possible? Very few of you. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's not quite bro science because the Kickstarter stuff definitely works. But the necessity for most uses isn't there. If someone said to me, Steve, in 12 weeks' time, mobs in 12 weeks' time, I'm going to be competing in a competition, then then we're, we're going to work with them to get them to that point as quickly as possible so that they're using every single day to focus down for that day on stage, those hours on stage. Of course we are. But that's not what the majority of you are doing. So most of you wouldn't need to use a Kickstarter. And as Steve has already said, and as I said to myself earlier on, the reality of the situation is it's very rare for us to be discussing this to you solo. There's other things going on at the same time. If you're using another form of testosterone, you still need a kickstart and so on. So there's stuff like that, Steve. You know, all, all of those things need to be taken into consideration. When we give you the facts, when we give you the, the, the research that the majority of users have experienced, when they've used Primo, it's in and of itself. But very few of you are going to be using Primo solo. You're going to be almost certainly doing something else. Kickstarting for the most listeners is pointless, in my opinion. Again, Steve, you know, I get invited to, to, to compete from time to time. I haven't any particular intentions to, but, you know, sometimes when these things are sprung to me and said, oh, would you consider it's eight weeks away? I like to have at least 12, 16 weeks to get ready for a competition. So I'd want to get ready as quickly as possible if I, if I decided to do an eight-week competition. So it's that kind of situation. That's why sometimes I ask you guys, you're going on holiday or whatever. So keep all of those things in mind. Let's touch on, on, on Geneza specifically, but I'm going to address the whole, why, why Primo, as Steve said, fakes big time. And I'll let Steve touch on that in a minute. But the reality of the situation is we have approved sources for a reason and approved sources are companies, sources that have solid products. And that would include Primo Bowling. Now, Geneza Farmer stands out in that particular regard for a couple of number of reasons. Number one, pretty much is longevity, Steve. They've been around a long time and they become a well-respected brand. And you do that by not fucking people over and producing solid products for years. We've touched on other shows when we talked about, I know, a specific local lab that lasted six months, maybe nine months, Steve. And that was it. And we've seen plenty of those kind of places come and go. Even approved sources that have dropped off the radar because they've they started asking around with their products. They weren't testing products that have been great at the beginning, started to become poor and so on and so forth. You don't get to last as long as Geneza has by doing that. You get to be there solid. As a great example, again, Steve, you can go to the Geneza Pharmaceutical specific website. You can see the building that the products are made in. You can see the company profile. You can read all about it. So again, it would be products that we know users on the forums have used, whether it's years ago or more recently, that we've tried Geneza Pharma products ourselves and so on and so forth. So these are what, my, oh, and these things like I said before, videos, products being made, lab testing, certificates of analysis, and as you said, review after review after review. Talk about why Primo has been faked. I know that the, the cost is a particular thing. I'll touch on that as well, Steve. Um, if you look at what the, a single vial of Prima Bolin cost, and you compare it to, say, for example, one of the testosterones, it's typically half as much, again, uh, 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 some testosterones, especially if there's a sale, and can be a third of the price. So it's one of those things, like Steve said earlier on, 
where you know people go i can't justify the cost in my mind but i think those that get on really well with Genesa farmer prima bowling would love it and therefore they can justify the cost and again i think the other issue is and i touch upon this briefly steve before i bring you back in the simple fact of the matter is the demand for prima bowling is not as high as it would be for example chest or trend or Debolt or whatever else. So the companies that are producing the raws just don't produce the raws or Prima Bowling in the same quantities. And that's the same as anything else in any other market. The least that's produced tends to cost the most. And the one that's produced in great quantities, especially if they're all being used, tends to be the cheapest. Talk about why other companies fake it, Stephen, where there's been issues with this in the past. Yeah, and, and you know, Prima Bowling is expensive to source, Mobster. It's a very high molecular weight. Um, you need a lot of it uh, to get a cycle together. You're going to do a 12 week cycle of Prima Bowling, it's going to cost more than doing 12 weeks of uh, testosterone or 12 weeks of trend or 12 weeks of equipoise or, you know, so it's just an expensive steroid. So, sources, what they do, they'll, you know, out of, you know, just greed, you know, they'll sell someone DECA which is way cheaper as Primo. And they're like, well, hopefully they don't notice the difference. And a lot of people, you know, they, they, they don't know the difference. They're both similar steroids and in a lot of ways, <clears throat> but you may not notice the difference. I mean, they're both slow builders. They both take a long time to peak in the body and they might not notice the difference. So they'll get away with that, you know? So just to save money. So, you got to use a brand that you know is legit. You got to use a brand that you know the Primo Bowling you're, get, you're getting is legit. And Geneza Pharma, they have a couple of different Primo options. The, the main one they have is called GP Primo 100. And it, it's a vial, 10 milliliter vial, comes in 100 milligram milliliter. And they have another option, which is 200 milligram a milliliter Primo Bowling anything. So either way, you're, you're good. It just, just depends on... Um, how you want to go with it. And, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be good to go. You know, their other products are going to be good to go. So you can, you can rest assured when you buy Geneza Pharma that they are going to be exactly what you want. Their, their products are made. Um, they've been around more than two decades. They've got researchers and scientists who've developed effective up-to-date health products. And they, these people are professionals at their job. They, they it's in a lab and it's legit. And they're they're completely it's completely professional and they know what they're doing. They've been around for so long that they have basically gotten it right, okay, when it comes to their gear. They have a strong customer base and the customers know that they can go and they can buy 12 weeks of Primo, and they're getting Primo Bolin. They're not getting DECA. They're not getting Equipoise. They're not getting another steroid in its place that's cheaper to produce where they want to, you know, make money off of you and basically screw you and cheat you. So Genesis Farm has no reason to do that. They're going to, they're going to be on point, and they're going to be competent. So that's all, what it's all about. So um, I can't tell you how many people over the years – have run Primo and then halfway through ended up with gynecomastia out of nowhere. And it's like, well, Primo causes gynecomastia. No, it doesn't. It's because you were running fake Primo, you know? So that's why you got gynecomastia. So you've got to make sure when you run these anabolic steroids that you're running what you think you're running. Otherwise you're wasting your time. And just to gamble on your buddy at the gym or some random source you found Googling online or some, you know, it, it just doesn't make any sense. You're spending all this money on Primo and then you're going to gamble and then halfway through end up with gynecomastia, end up with water retention, end up with high blood pressure and all these side effects that you don't know what the heck is going on, how this happened. doesn't make any sense. So you want to make sure from the start you're using Genesis Pharmaceuticals because you know you're getting what you're getting. Mobster? <clears throat> Sorry, yes, Steve, the 100%. Guys, why do we regard them in that particular way? Again, listen, they're sold by uh, multiple resellers on, on behalf of Geneza, and they're very popular products, all of their range specifically. 
is very popular, Steve. And as I said, 100%. We, we go, if you come on the forums, guys, and you say, what do people think of Geneza? You will have a hundred hands straight up straight away and said that they are fans of the products, that they, they like it for this, they like it for that, for a variety of reasons. But the number one reason is come down to the ease of use, solid products, that does what they're supposed to, that the label is 100%, the certificate analysis are on point. What does that mean, guys? Test results, lab results, products are tested. The, guy, the company is constantly developing to improve their product line to to trying different oils, trying different alcohols, trying different blends, and so on and so forth, and pushing these out towards the resellers that go out worldwide, America, the domestic market, UK, Europe, Asia, you name it, Steve, all over the place, and 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 that's the feedback we're getting. We get we get feedback from American market, we get feedback from the European market, from people that have used Geneza products and are great fans of it. And it, here's how this sometimes works, Steve. And there's a few other brands that we could talk about, but Geneza has people that will only use Geneza products because if, if it's worked for them, if they trust it, then they're going to go back to that again and again and again. Indeed, arguably, Steve, we've actually seen, and Geneza even mentioned this themselves on their own website, where another company set itself up and completely branded itself with the Geneza name, and it was a completely nightly fake from top to bottom. That If a company gets copied, Directly, it's not Steve. It's like the Chinese version of Rolls Royces. You know, it's not a Rolls Royce. It kind of looks like a Rolls Royce, but it isn't. And 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 there's a certain level of prestige and quality that comes from a real Rolls Royce. The same thing applies to Geneza. When other companies are trying to copy your products, you kind of know that you've made it because they're trying to get your reputation, your customers. It doesn't matter whether their products have got anything in it or not. They're literally trying to sort of take away those people and get them over to there, and, and it's terrible. So fortunately, Geneza spotted this and did something about it, and that company's fortunately disappeared and is no longer rated or reproved or whatever else, Steve. But, yeah, that, that to me, I, I think I've actually had this myself. That's how bizarre this stuff is. And I don't consider myself famous in any way, Steve. Well, when you've got someone trying to be, be you, it's kind of like they're, they're trying to make themselves something out of your reputation and you, you know, whatever that means to you and to the people that trust you and your word and your advice and so on and so forth. The same thing applies to solid products. And Geneza Pharma 100% is producing a solid product in Primo Bowling. Not cheap, guys, not even from Geneza. It's not cheap, but if you like it, if you get on with it, you're going to love the results you get from Geneza's uh, Primo Bowling product. What do you think on that, Steve, before we finish up? Yeah, absolutely. And look, you got to be secure on your cycle. There's nothing, no worse feeling than you're going through all the trouble to buy all this gear. You're going to the gym, you're busting your ass on cycle, you're excited. You know, it's like a kid, it's like a kid, you know. Christmas, especially, you know? Steve. If you were competing, a hundred percent. Especially if you're competing, guys, you need to use a trusted source like Janessa because you want to know that you're going to be ready for that competition. So long as your diet's on point and your training's on point, you want those PEDs to be one hundred percent legit. And the last thing I'd want to do, Steve, and I've even done this. I've even done this where I've started some D bowl. As, as to aid my bulk and strength for a competition and got nothing out of the first batch of products, which was from one source. And then when the second source came in and I started using that, I saw results within days. I think I've discussed this before, Steve. Fake D-Bowl, nothing, nothing, nothing for 11 days. Legit D-Bowl, four pounds in four days. If I was competing as a, a, a bodybuilder, and especially as per my recommendation of earlier on, if I was competing as a classic competitor, I would 100% not want to have any issues on cycle. I want to be stage ready to kick ass. I want to be cut. I want to be in shape. I want to be within the, the weight height limit. I want all those things. I don't want to be fucking around and having to go out and buy a whole new stack, a whole new cycle, Steve. So I want a trusted source like Janessa, knowing full well that it does what it says on the label. It's got the, the dosages of where they're supposed to be. And then when I buy this product, my, if I do everything else right, then the only thing that's going to let me down is me. You know, if they change the day of the competition, I'll get run over by a car seat. Otherwise, the other guy beat me because he was a better bodybuilder. So I want to be able to say that the products I'm using are 100% on point and as best as possible to guarantee me the best results if everything else is in place. What I don't want to be doing is restarting a cycle or having to replace everything that I've, 
I've brought because it was not legit and so on and so forth. And that's another reason why we recommend certain companies and Geneza is on that list. It's the reason why they're approved because we want our listeners, we want the members on the forum, we want them to have the best possible outcome. It's the reason why we encourage you to have training logs. It's the reason why we get you to ask questions, talk about that, talk about training, but especially talking about PEDs and recommending certain sources. Sometimes people mock us for pushing particular companies or whatever else. But listen, this is a reason. I don't want to have to restart something after 11 days like I did before. And I, and, and I wasn't doing a, a bodyboarding competition. I certainly wouldn't want to be halfway through a cycle, Steve, thinking this is not going anywhere. And I've only got eight or nine weeks left to correct mistakes or play catch up or have to push the doses or whatever else. So 100%, this is the reason why we want companies like Geneza Pharma that their products to be recommended to you, the listener, so that you get great results and your end result, the day of the competition, whatever it is you're aiming for, modeling gig, hitting the beach, whatever, we want you to be as cut, as in shape, as aesthetic as it's possible to be. So you've got to put the work in, guys. You've got to put the work in in the kitchen. You've got to put the work in in the gym. And we'll put the work in with these podcasts, recommending these kind of products to you and making sure that this stuff's on point. Anything else, Steve, before we finish off? Come on the forum and check out, you know, Geneza Pharma for sure. GP brand, you won't go wrong with them. And um, I use them. Mobster uses them. The mods use them for a reason. They're And professional bodybuilders use them for a reason as well. So, Please note, we're not doctors and opinions are ours. It is our view and based on our experience and views on the topic, a podcast of informational purpose entertainment only, the freedom of speech and the First Amendment apply.